he gave me the golden ticket because I knew of Chinks, but I didn't get to meet Chinks personally, you know, but he knew him and he gave me his email. And when he gave me his email, it's like, I was like, it was just like, I had this feeling in my heart, in my soul. Like, it was like, yes, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is it. Hello and welcome back to The Big Break, where we shine a light on how songwriters working largely behind the scenes found success in the music business. This week, we're joined by Anthony Lee Norris, a hip-hop record producer and songwriter professionally known as Lee on the Beats. Lee has produced for such artists as Lil Wayne, DJ Khaled, Kid Ink, Ace Hood, French Montana, Rick Ross, Mick Mill, I can keep going. In 2013, he was signed to DJ Khaled's We The Best Music Group. He is best known for producing French Montana's Pop That and Khaled's I Want To Be With You. So Lee has a really great origin story, which I'm not going to ruin for you in this intro. But what really impressed me about our conversation wasn't so much the origin story, but how he looks back on what happened next after he got his big break. Uh, the things he took with him, the things he would have done differently, and so on. It's a really fresh uh, insight that I think any artist would do well to appreciate, regardless of age, genre, or whatever. So enough of me. Here's Lee. So, Lee, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Where are you calling us from today? Uh, I'm in Georgia. You're in Georgia? Yeah. All right. Uh, are you from Georgia originally? No, I'm actually from Queens, New York. From Queens. So, do you live in Georgia now? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I'm just kind of curious. What, uh, what sparked that move, uh, New York to Georgia? Uh, relationships. All right. So let's see here. Well, I mean, I guess, first of all, just, I got to ask this with everybody right now, like how you've been managing, you know, the whole stay at home stuff. Are you, uh, are you, are you quarantine? Are you able to work? Like what's, what, how are you managing the whole COVID thing? Well, when we had to quarantine, I was quarantined, but the most part I was just working out and stuff like that. I'm working on music. Do you have like a home studio or something? Yeah. So I've been locked in. I really, I don't know. I haven't really been like too phased by it. Not to say it like, it doesn't matter to me, but it really hasn't been bothering me much. You've been able to continue uh, doing your do, do, doing your thing. I mean, if you have a home recording studio or at least access to a recording yeah. studio, I'm sure you, it, it's not too much of a, a process. But in terms of like collaborating and working with others, have been doing. It I mean, the people for the yeah for the most part, the people that I collaborate with is just most of my family. So it's people that I'm around usually all the time. Anyway, people that I had to quarantine with, or you know, part of your posh. Yeah. <laughs> So, right on. All right, cool. So, listen, like, uh, th that's good to hear that you're not too too disrupted by it. I've, I've spoke with folks that have like whole tours canceled and whatnot, so that that would be a little bit different. But um, I'm glad to hear that you're. Still yeah, there. I didn't get to that level yet. Yeah, that's cool. Right on. Well, so let's let's go back a little bit here. So, you know, this is this is the big break, right? We like to talk a little bit about the history of folks that uh, that are in the music business and whatnot. So, why don't you uh, take us back a few years and explain to me just a little bit how you how you got into music just in general in the first place? Like, I mean, everyone loves, everyone likes music, and everyone listens to music. How did you kind of get into wanting to to uh, do more than just listen to music? Well, I would say it was just seeing things like. Uh, I had family that was into music and just seeing the things they were doing, it just inspired me to like do my own thing. Like I always liked music because my mom used to buy a lot of albums, like my CDs and tapes sort of thing. She used to buy the newest ones all the time. So I used to just listen to music at a young age and 
I don't know. It just, it just, it just stuck with me. And when I got older, I just started creating. So your family, you said, was in was in the business. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what what was their role and what did they do? Well, I have an uncle and my dad, and you know, they was part of Desert Storm, which is you know uh, DJ Clues label. So they like did a lot of work with them, like Fab, Joe Button, and DJ Clue himself. And I, I saw a lot of things. Like I saw when Clue went on tour with Rockefeller, it just that stuff like that. You know, like it just inspired me. I just I just got to see it at a young age, and I just liked it. <laughs> oh, so you, so you had you had folks uh, family in the I guess on the business side that would be the right way, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. All right. I must have given you a pretty interesting perspective, seeing how sort of how the sausage is made behind the scenes a little bit, huh? It did actually. Like I remember the first time I actually went to a studio, and it was just like, damn, you know, like this shit is crazy. It's like this is what people do at night, you know. You you sit, you like. I was just, I remember, like I was about eight, nine, ten in the studio at like one in the morning, just sitting and watching, like, wow this is what goes on. I could do this shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, and I remember like I went to the studio, I met just blaze for the first time, Joe and Joe, Button. I was working on a hook like, and you know, I wasn't even that old though. I wasn't into music at that time. At that time I wasn't creating music for myself or even thinking about doing music, but it was just being around at the right time. Like I was like, presenting an opportunity to actually create music with people who were like creating it on a high level. That's really interesting. I mean, so, at that young of an age to be able to see, I mean, like, I, listen, man, I, 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 I was a writer for billboard magazine. I've been in the music business over 20 years. I've never stepped foot in a recording studio to this day. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so like eight years old, yeah. you walk in there, that's gotta be a trip. Cause I mean, those things are pretty, I mean, I'm I'm trying to tra- draw an analogy. It's like sort of like a kid walking into a baseball stadium for the first time and kind of seeing that. that, that. Yeah, yeah, like, and I, you know, and you say you using that, you know, that reference. I, I played football, so actually, I went on football trips and walking into the stadium and seeing the team and everything was yeah. It, it actually kind of felt like that, like. It definitely did. That's really interesting. And so, you know, all the lights, the board with all the levers and things like that. Did you get a chance to, I mean, did they, did they like show you how things worked or were you just like kind of hanging out in the corner being like, don't touch anything, you know? I'm, no, no, no. I, I didn't get that. You know, like I felt like I was there because, you know, these people wanted me to actually like pursue this or achieve it eventually. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I wasn't there for no reason, you know? Oh yeah. Cause even now as, at a, a grown, like as a grown up. You know, if you like, you know, you just you you guide the youth. If you see potential, you guide them in the right direction. So, I felt like that was like it was just done strategically. I see. So they wanted to expose you to something at an early age. You had that sort of natural. It's like learning a language, right? Like if you, you learn a language, yeah. you don't think about it, right? You get into the business early enough, you don't really think. It just sort of becomes part of who you are. Pretty much. That's interesting. Yeah. Because there's different ways of looking at it too, like. I was because I, I knew that you know I'd done a little research before we chatted. And I knew this was your background, and I was just wondering if there was anything about you know seeing that side of the biz so early that almost made you not want to pursue music, or make or others in your family not want you to go down. Uh, I mean, I did have this conflict with my dad at one point. I'm, I'm gonna say my stepdad because 
you know, I don't want to offend my actual father, but yeah, like he, we bumped heads and he, he told me like, yo, you, you need a plan B because this is not, you know, it doesn't work out for everybody. And I remember this argument, like it was yesterday, like I specifically told him like, yo, listen, I'm not everybody. So I don't know. You got me fucked up. <laughs> you know, in my back of my head, like you got me fucked up. But like, I, I, you know, I appreciate him because he like pushed me like certain things that he did push me harder. Like it, it just made me want to achieve it more because I, I, you know, I don't like being told what to do or told that I can't do something. So it's just like, I got to do this, you know? So, and so his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, his arguments against it actually strengthened the case for it. Yeah, it did. That's interesting. No, I ask this because a lot of folks, like, you know, a lot of times people get in the music business, they don't have the, um, you know, the benefit of, 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 you know, knowing how things work, you know, from other family members that are in it, right. They, they have this idea of what it is when they go in and then that idea gets quickly, you know, uh, shaken. Right. So it's it, on one hand, I could see you coming in with your eyes a little more wide open. Like, you know, the realities and those, and those, um, uh, you know, the dirty bits before you, you got too far along. I got disillusioned yeah. and such. Yeah, definitely. I did see a lot of dirty stuff beforehand. Oh, no. <laughs> so, All right. Now you got me. Like what? <laughs> what kind of stuff would you do? Just, just like, how to, like how producers get jerked out of their credit or like how they shit just get jacked from somebody, you know? like Just the things that artists complain about now. Like I actually saw those things happen. Like I've seen samples almost not get cleared or, you know, like I've seen... I've seen them pay us like seventy thousand or a hundred thousand to clear a sample, and you know, and that you know those records end up being the hit that changed that artist's career. You know, like I got to see that stuff. So yeah, it's 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 a whole lot. Like <laughs> it's it's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, I know, like you know, I was a I was a writer, I was a journalist, and you know, my daughter she'd be like, oh, I, I want to be a writer, I want to be a journalist. I'm like, no, you don't. Like you don't want to do that. Like you know, I, I, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm not going to bring her into the, the you know, the back you know the room and, and, and show her how things work. I want her to do something different. But I, I like that that you know the music side that you got that that sort of handheld walkthrough early on to kind of see how those things work. So I think that was cool. So was there any? I mean, was there was there ever like a point where you? I mean, was it always music for you? Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to get into music. Or was there ever anything else that you thought you might pursue instead? To be honest, like when I was in like grade school, like between third and fifth grade, like you couldn't tell me that I wasn't going to be famous. <laughs> like you couldn't, you couldn't, like I was going to be something. I was going to either be a basketball player or a rapper or something pertaining to the two, like either athletics or music. And that was just what was stuck in my head. Like, it was just like I remember, like uh, I think it was sixth grade. I had to uh, write a essay on what I wanted to be when I was older, and I wrote I wanted to be an A and R. And my teacher didn't even know what the hell an A and R was. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was like, "What the hell is an A and R?" And I had to <laughs> tell him, like, "Yo, like this is what the A and R is. This is what they do, and this is what they're responsible for X Y Z. And like I know some A and Rs, and this, then the third. And he was like, well, good luck with that. You know, and I'm like, damn. But that was at that point. And as I got older, that like, you know, I, that, around that time I'm 11, 12, 
Now, 14, 15, I'm writing music. And then I need my own beats. So it just it just developed itself. That's funny. I love that A&R. And the teacher didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Artists and repertoire. What's repertoire? <laughs> All right, so that's cool. But so, so you didn't go into A and R. You want you went into actually creating it uh, uh, yourself and whatnot. But I, I, I yeah. I'm interested. So, like, how did you get going with that? Like, I, I, I was reading around a little bit. I want to kind of lead you in a certain direction, if that's all right. Please mm-hmm. peel off from that if you need to. But like, I, you know, I saw that you were you, you used um, what what is SoundClick? I guess would be the way. That, SoundClick. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard. Of that. It's kind of like SoundCloud. Okay. You know, but it's a little. It's a little different because you can sell me. I mean, you can sell music on SoundCloud too, but it's basically like Beat Stars, you know, uh-huh. yeah. something like that. Beat Stars. It's in that in that realm of things. You you know, you upload your music, you get a page. Like it was like MySpace, SoundCloud, and all that in one. So you get your own page. You know, deck it out, put your beats up, set your price, PayPal link. You know stuff like that. So that thing was just like, it was making it work for me. Like where I didn't have to do a nine to five. Like I didn't have to work at the McDonald's when I was 16, you know, or like do some of those things that the other kids or like, you know, people around me were doing at that time. I I was able to like, just work on music because I was selling beats on this site. Okay. So you, you had a site, you had the SoundClick site, you had your own profile and you were actually making beats and selling them to people who are, who are also using SoundClick and such. Were any of these people yeah. like, I don't know, people we know, or is just other folks kind of. Uh, yeah. You may know a lot of these people, honestly, like I can't say specifically what artists like for hundred percent took music from SoundClick, but there are a lot of producers that came from that, like cardiac and, myself and Jalil and you know a lot of people were on this site and I know a lot of them have placements and had placements at the time when they was on the site so yeah it was a thing I think it worked out for a lot of people honestly is that is that still around is that still a th- uh yeah it is honestly it is do you still use it <laughs> nah 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 not right now like you know, no, I, I figured not. I just had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <know>. nah. <laughs> All right, SoundClick. All right, big break brought to you by SoundClick. No, um, <laughs> possibly like SoundClick. It definitely helped me develop my sound. It it helped me get like it, it just helped me a lot. Like far as getting noticed on the internet, like alone. Like I was, I had like five hundred thousand plays million plays you know before i even had a placement and this was just from people coming to the like coming to the page buying music leasing it to do their own thing it could have been other producers listening and stuff you know like it could have been anybody because i remember at one point somebody tweeted me like yo bro if you ever meet anybody from young money oh my god because he just felt like all of the beats on the site sounded like young money beats so it was just funny that is pretty cool now and so the 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 value of that was a couple had a, had a couple of components, right? Like one, you were developing, like you say, your sound and, and sort of putting it out there and seeing what people were reacting to, right? Okay, I did this, and mm-hmm. no, one, no one engaged on it. I did that, oh, and they all jumped on it. So you start to get a sense of what's working and what's not. So that's kind of like creatively, right? Definitely. What about like financially? I mean, I, I read some stuff that you had talked about, just you know, the ability to have that, you know, some kind of financially stable like foundation to allow you to to 
create and, and, and such. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that? Of that? Yes, I think that's one of the mo- <laughs> that's like one of the most important things for artists or anybody that creates or that wants to have a you know a, a successful career of a creating or a dream. You know, like it takes time to like do these things, whether it's developing the actual craft or whatever product you create in, and then just a mental space to like, you know, have time to even sit down and think about it. Like that money is usually the main reason why people can't do these things. They got to go to work. You know, they pay, they got to pay for this bill, school, this down the third. So they, you know, it's so much, it's different things that, that, that takes up. So I feel like financial freedom is definitely, is definitely important. Yeah. I know that's something, and this is not about, I don't want to get in the royalty exchange or anything like that, but it's something that I've always thought about is that the idea of that, you know, when you have that, when you're not worried about where the next check coming from all the time, you're able mm-hmm. to focus your, your just your mental energies in general, creative or otherwise on the things that you want to do. And even like in the music side, like there's a lot of folks that make music because they, they have to like, like, okay, I'm going to write this jingle for this ad because it's what's going to pay me a bill, but I really want to write this other song, but I don't have time because I'm writing all these freaking jingles all the time. You know, that. <laughs> But you were, were you, were you doing other things? I mean, I thought you, you didn't, you like, you know, you had like telemarketing jobs, delivery jobs, stuff like that. Before song? That was, that was all spread throughout time. Like that was, some of that was before SoundClick. SoundClick was like, that was the, the end result, you know, after all that other stuff. Like I did the telemarketing thing. I was, I was about 15. It was, uh, I think it was called uh bank. What the hell was the bank called? <laughs> I don't remember what the name of the bank was. It don't even matter. But yeah, me, my cousins, my homeboys, like we all was working in, at that shit. So it was it was kind of fun. It was like, you know, it was like shit. It was like lunch for us because we would just go up there after school and you just on the phone clowning, trying to convince people to remortgage their house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we would get pizza for lunch and all type of dumb shit and Fuck with the girls. Like, that shit was fun. All right. That's funny. I could imagine that would help, help, probably help you uh, in the music side, too. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. their house. Like, it really did because creatively, you know, it put me in. All right. So at that time when I was working for the bank, I was actually rapping and producing. So, you know, it was different. I was getting, I, I was actually getting money in my pocket. But, you know, when you in school and you getting money, it's like, like your head is kind of big. When you, cause you know, because in school it's like you don't have nothing to worry about. So if you have money to do the things you want to do, and you're in school, it's like, uh, like I don't know. The and the, the things I was exposed to, like my ego and my confidence, was just at a about super high. So I was rapping and doing all this other stuff. So I was probably it was like I was living a full life <laughs> before the one that I'm living now. That's cool. Well, let's talk about the switch then. So you know, you're 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 on the service. You're using it to you know sell beats, things like that. Did that also create? I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth. Just tell me tell me how you got the connections that you that you made that allowed you to you know stop to selling a few beats for some extra pocket change and actually you know start making this a real you know career job type thing. All right. Well. The story, all it just all really goes back to Desert Storm. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Like, cause it's just everybody was family. It was all like my my parents' friends, and you know, like so those same people guiding me on along the way. 
like it was artists that these people brought to the table. You know, they, they let allow me to be around these artists, like Stack Bundles. Like there there's Miller. Miller is a guy, you know, like he's like a longtime family friend. And he used to allow me and my boys to go to his studio and just sit around or work on music and like that's where we learn how to use the NPC and he's the guy that told me to use reasons over fruity loops and all these different things and like one of the first beats I ever actually got to play anybody that an artist actually used was at his studio which was stack bundles you know and I think those things went a long way because just even knowing stack helped me along the way because then chinks came out and he knew French and it was just those relationships that was like chain connection. It was like, you know, they say uh, six degrees of separation. Like it was literally like that. Like everybody just came back. It was like history doubled back in different forms through different people that were connected through the same people. But like, it was just weird. Like everything just worked out. Like it was a God's plan. So was there like, uh, I mean, you, you, have, you have access to these people, which is, which is great. But is there a way of like, I don't know. Like that, that could have easily not worked. Just because you know them doesn't mean it's going to happen. I guess is what I'm saying, right? Like something you still need to be. You still need to. Like- it's just I can't say that I didn't think it was going to happen because in my head I just always felt like I knew it was going to happen. Like, like I said, you could not tell me nothing. I was going to be famous. You know what I'm saying? Like through those younger ages, I you couldn't tell me nothing. It was like it was just all set out in stone. I don't want to say it was just easy or set out like that, but I just mapped it out and it all worked. Everything just usually, I don't want to say everything worked out the way I wanted, but in some way it worked out to the original plan. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, the people I knew, I stuck to knowing those people. And while I knew those people, I was developing my sound. And along that way, I, I had pressure of either going to school or getting a job. My way of avoiding that was getting on SoundClick. And the only way I can avoid all these issues was to cre- create music at a high rate. So I'm creating music as much as I can, whenever I can. I'm putting it online. I'm going to studios in my neighborhood in Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, just linking up with different artists and you know, technology just basically stepped into play and Twitter basically helped me solve all the other, you know, Twitter was the the, the key. It was like one of the I'll keys stop. to the success because, you know, artists like that was like, all right. So, you know, you got to think like MySpace, Twitter, Instagram, these are like relatively new things to life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you really think about it, so I was on MySpace. Yeah, I was promoting myself as an artist on MySpace. I wasn't really thinking about reaching out to anybody on MySpace. I just knew who I knew and I was feeling myself, you know, like I was just doing thinking about me. Now, when Twitter came along, it's different because you're looking at a feed and it's like people just writing messages. You know what I'm saying? So it's not pictures. It's just messages at the time. So I'm on there. I'm following people. I'm following artists. And, you know, some artists start putting up their emails, kidding. He's an artist that I was following. He puts his email up, sending joints and like just 
I just happened to be on Twitter at the right time and see that that one tweet and send him music and he just so happened to like it and now that's a relationship with him that started just through Twitter. Who was that? Sent- Kidding. Kidding. So you t- so Kidding puts out his email on Twitter and says what? Like anyone who's out there send me your beats and I'll listen to it and you send him one and it clicked. Yeah, he say I think he said something like he in the studio send some send heat or something like that. Send some joints. Something like that. That's amazing. And I, yeah, and I just, I got on it. Like, I saw it as an opportunity and I got on it as soon as I saw it. Started sending stuff and he hit me back, sure enough. That's crazy. Like, I, that's actually the second time that I've heard a story like that where someone connected with someone who they didn't know on Twitter, sent them some music, and it actually, like, from, first, from my perspective, that just sounds like the most. The, just the biggest Hail Mary pass in the world. But, the, but for that to connect, it, that's just an amazing, amazing story in my opinion. Think, I mean, do you ever think about that? Just be like, how on earth? Because you have all these people that you know, you know, you have the network. Yet mm-hmm. one of the things that really clicks is when you just randomly send someone who you didn't know a, a beat through Twitter. I mean, in a sense, for me, you got to think about SoundClick. It's like the same thing playing out. You just don't see it. It's like the opposite way. Like, random people coming to your page, downloading your music. You don't know who's downloading it. You just know a lot of people are downloading it. You know, so it's like, it's just like the same thing. Like a random person could always be the one that is the one to make something happen for you. That's amazing. So, I mean, and obviously I think the common thread through it, right? Whether it's, whether it's you sending it to someone who just randomly asks for, you know, beats on Twitter versus people randomly coming to your page and downloading your beats on SoundClick, the commonality, right? The thread has to be, you know, you got to have your shit together, right? Like your, your sound's got to be worth using regardless of the platform that they found it on. Yeah. Without being said, definitely. I think, yeah, that definitely, yeah. (laughs) Would you saying that thinking about that in itself, it definitely helped. You know, because I think a lot uh, of people move things forward. Yeah, because a lot of people they tend to focus all like all this stuff is being written about. Oh, you got to do this with that account, and you got to use this platform for that. And everyone does all this work to build these followings and have like this. What's the word I'm looking for? Like this, like uh, uh, appearance of mm-hmm. of of a network and an appearance of activity. But at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have the if you don't have the music to to capitalize on it, not all that's just spinning wheels. Yeah, you're right. But see, I, I'm a competitive person and me being on SoundClick, I just saw like like the thing yo, SoundClick, there's a chart. So it like they chart you by how you perform on that thing. So I was always trying to get in a top ten or top fifty. So I would listen like it's so many producers on there. I would listen and think like how can I make my shit better than him? And then when you see the top three people is Superstar O, Johnny Giuliano, and Vibe, you like, all right, I know this is the sound that everybody likes. How can I make my own version of this? You know what I'm saying? So it's like being on SoundClick really did help me. I, I'm not even going to lie saying it. I love that. Because I, I look up to those producers still, and I actually linked up with one of them not too long ago. So it's like SoundClick was really a pivotal moment for me. All right, that's good to know, and I like the competitive. It's like the, the sort of the gamification. It's like okay, I got to rise up. I got to rise up that uh, that list there. I think that's that's pretty cool too, because it definitely makes you push yourself and focus on the, you know, again the work, right? But let's yeah. Oh, so, so so 
what happens next then? Okay, so you're 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 you know, like where was you got talk to me about like Khaled, I guess. Uh well leading up to Khaled, pop that just opened the door for that. Of course. So how to pop that? That was pop. just pop that came through chinks and that came about through me like all right, so now you know things are slowing down as far as sound click. Like I wouldn't say slowing down, but I would say there was just more going on in my house outside of just music, like, you know, because I was in a relationship during this whole time throughout high school with my girlfriend living with me. And she was going to school for like law and all of this stuff. And I don't know. I think we were just around each other so much. It was just getting annoying. Like, I felt like I was trapped in the house for like sometimes. <laughs> So I don't know. We got we was getting into arguments, and my dad just basically didn't want me at the house. So he just gave me a job because he had his own company. So I worked for him because he wanted me out the house more so. But that time being out the house led me up to create and pop that because I got to listen to the radio a lot, and I heard French on the radio so much that it just made me feel like I need to get a record to him, and that's what I did. And that led up to Khaled and... Well, wait, hold on. So how did you get the record to him? Like, like well, Twitter again? Like, what happened there? Yeah, well, that one, that's, that situation is kind of similar. And not for nothing, they happened literally around the same time. Like, it was that same week. It was like, you know when those blessings just start coming in? Yeah. you like, you can't believe all of this good stuff is happening to you at one time? Well, yeah, this was it. Like, I, well... Kidding puts his thing on Twitter. I hit him. Boom. And then I make this beat that I feel is amazing for French. And I start reaching out to people I know are close to French, like Chinks. Chinks worked with French. He was part of Coke Boys. But Chinks also worked with Stack Bundles when he was part of Riot Squad. So, you know, it's that time frame and just having those relationships with certain people that just, it just worked out. Like I know producer Scenario, he produced for Fab, Stack and DJs, like all of these people that I met along the way or knew either way along the way, I went back and asked them for a favor. Like, yo, can you get this to French for me? And some said they could, some said they would try. My boy, Scenario, like he was the, go he gave me the golden ticket because I knew of Chinks, but I didn't get to meet Chinks personally, you know, but he knew him. And he gave me his email. And when he gave me his email, it's like, I was like, it was just like, I had this feeling in my heart, in my soul. Like, it was like, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is it. Like, when I seen that email come through, I'm like, yo, this is it. Like, in the back of my head, like, it was like all of that preparation and planning I was doing was about to pay up because I, I just plotted on getting him that record. And sure enough, like, Chinks hit me back months after, like, yo, with the email, like, yo, this, that, and the third, hit me ASAP. And I'm like, yo, like, it's, things just started moving at a fast pace at that point. And I'm like, yo, this shit might be it. Like, sure fucking enough, it was. Like, I saw the press conference with uh, with Maybach, Maybach Music and Bad Boy when French was like, yeah, my first um, single coming out called pop that pussy and I'm thinking in my head like yo I know this is it because I know there's no way in the hell that he got another song with the fucking same shit that I just sent mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so I'm like yes this is gonna be fucking it so I hit chinks like yo 
this yo what like what's good bro this is the joint he like yeah yeah uh french gonna use it he's they was uh, you know they was spinning me a little bit like yeah he's gonna use it for a mixtape they didn't want to say what it was what it was because they you know like they knew they knew it was gonna be a fucking smash like i felt like they knew that that's why they got drake and wayne and ross on it but it was just like wow like i can't even believe this shit actually happened like that because it was just like i was expecting it to but you know like it just it's just like i don't know sometimes that shit just leave me speechless by how it happened <laughs> i bet no was it the you had was it just one um it's one record that you had that you were pushing that whole time or were you like hitting up with different versions of anything or were you just like, no. this is it? I just knew that was the one. That was it. I didn't make a bunch of beats for him. I just made that one beat for him. All right. And I had another beat that I worked on with my boy because he tried to give me. He started enough, not for nothing. Let me not cut him out. My boy Dane, Dane Beats. He was try, like, we was on Facebook, and I'm like, yo, bro, do you know how we could get to French? And he was like, yo, check on Facebook. I think he got an email on Facebook. So I tried that shit first, initially. I tried that email and it bounced back. You know what I'm saying? So when it bounced back, I was like, fuck. So I sent, when I finally got the the second email, I was like, you know what? Let me get some shit from this nigga and send it too, just in case, because he tried to help me like initially. You know, and I sent the, I sent Pop that and I sent another beat that me and him did too. But it was just Pop that was the one. Like I just knew that was the one because that's what I did it for. I did it for French Montana. Initially, French Montana and Waka Flocka, but shit, you see what it turned into. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now this is the other question I had. So just tapping back to what you said earlier in the interview when you were talking about how, you know, you see people kind of getting their, you know, their beats, you know, taken from them and then getting cut out of the process and whatnot. So you're, you're like sending this stuff out, but how are you making mm-hmm. sure that you're going to, you know, be protected like that? You're going to get the credit and, and get, you know, the, the royalty and things like that. Or was that not really a concern at that point? <laughs> I mean, that wasn't really a concern for me because when you kind of understand how the game works, it's like you could get fucked either way <laughs> if it is and if it isn't copyrighted. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't really thinking about that shit. And, you know, I wasn't really thinking about all of that because I was thinking about getting on a mixtape. I wasn't thinking about no single... I wasn't thinking about no paperwork. I wasn't thinking about a video. I was thinking about no album, royalties, none of that shit. All I was thinking about is, oh, mixtapes. Because niggas sell mixtapes on the street. So I wasn't expecting to make shit. I just wanted my name to be out. That was it. Like, that's it. That's really all I was. I wanted in that situation is for my name to be out. So I wasn't even really worried too much about the shit getting taken because in my head, I was just like, I'm too, I'm too nice anyways. I don't give a fuck about it. What the fuck? I make I make a hundred beats. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't give a fuck about this shit. Like I do this shit on a regular in my sleep. Whatever. You could take this. I'm gonna make some shit better. Cause I, you know, you like it's not like I'm the first one to ever use that sample. But you know, people have used it. Not to say that. Oh, I get it. That you know, like everybody. Sometimes certain shit is just undeniable. Like you can't. You can't help it. So, so you, you didn't want. Okay, so I get it now. So you know, you want you right at that point you weren't thinking it was going to be what it became. You were just you were thinking it as a first step, and it became sort of a first, second, third, and fourth step, really. <laughs> and then it just worked pretty out. much right. Now. Yeah. All right. So then, all right. So so that gets out there. 
you know, pop takes off, pop pops, and uh, <laughs> what you get signed. Like, what, what's the what, what happens as, as in the aftermath of that? Like, as the record's taken off, it's, it, it was literally like a rocket or like a like a takeoff for a flight, and it was like as I'm getting ready to take off, all these things are coming at me. Like, yo, do you want this? Would you do this? Would you sign to this person? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, damn. It was like the record, but it's one of those situations where it didn't take the record a year to blow up. It literally happened in like a week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like fast, fast. And I don't even think anybody expected it. I didn't expect it. I don't even think my people in my corner expected it. Nobody expected it. Maybe French expected it. You know, like the people that was actually on the song expected it. But like far as everybody outside looking in, I didn't expect it. But it was like the record just took off so fast. And now I meet Khaled. Like the record came out May, May, June. And I meet Khaled, I'm going to say like mid-June, July. And now, you know, I'm in Miami, August. It was just that fast. Like the top of the year, I'm at home. Spring, I'm being told the songs come. I'm like, like I'm being song, told the songs coming out. Summertime, the songs taking off. Midsummer, end of the summer, I'm meeting with Khaled, about to get signed. It was just that all that fast. And then the end of the year, I'm dropping another record with Khaled, signed to him. So it was like, it was just moving fast. That's a that's a, that's a, that's incredible. I mean, that's, that's a really it's an interesting it's an interesting story. I mean, because sometimes I don't. I mean, I've heard ten year tracks. Right, you've got barely a 10 month track on this one, but it's like, it's great. It's, it's just really cool. How those things kind of come together quickly. Uh, looking back on it, given how fast things kind of came together and um, you know, you're reacting uh, as you need to, as these things are happening. Is there anything, I don't know, not, I don't want to put a negative slant on it or nothing, but like, you know, was there anything mm-hmm. done differently or anything that, you know, like in hindsight with a little bit of slow thinking uh, approach on it? Like, is there anything? That- yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things I would have done different. Honestly, looking back now, like, you know, when I went to Miami, for one, I felt like I could have been a little bit more. Uh, I could have had a little bit more work ethic, I would say. I kind of got sidetracked by the the fast life, the nightlife. Uh, you know, yep. I felt like if I all that time I would have spent in those clubs, if I would have spent those time in the studios, who knows what I could have did. At that specific time, you know, I felt like that took away some time from me. And then it was just a lot of shit that I, you know, a lot of dumb shit that I didn't even have to really, like, worry about. And then there's things I felt like I should have taken better care of at that time. Like, it's just, yeah, I mean, just prioritizing. Say, like, you say examples? Yeah, just like, just, I mean, I don't know why. Like, for example, yeah. um... Well, for one, I kind of wish I spent my time a little bit different. Like, that time I spent in Miami, I kind of wish I didn't spend that time in Miami at all. Like, I wish I would have stayed home. That's what I wish I would have did. But that's, you know, I can't change the past, but that is what it is. I get it. I get it. I mean, but, you know, part of this is just, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks listening to this that are probably – you know, or around that same spot where you are, where they haven't quite made it yet, but they might. And if they do, just, you know, trying to get a sense of, you know, how how 
folks like yourself that have been down the road can, can kind of offer some some insights. You know what I mean? In, in case someone else gets that gets that quick hit off of sending someone a, a beat over Twitter and suddenly their career breaks up, like you know, what 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 are the things they need to look out for and 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 make sure they keep in mind while that while that train starts rolling so fast. I think the thing to keep in mind is having good people behind you, having a, a good foundation from the start. That's the, like something to really look out for, like having the right people in your corner to guide you the right way. So you don't like just run yourself into the fucking wall, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, I, I just I, like. Like, yeah, like having the right people in your corner and just having knowledge on certain shit, like contracts in the industry, like, so you don't get fucked. Like, not to say, you know, that's a, you know, I don't want to say I got fucked, but <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But it is some people that still owe me. They still owe a lot of people. I'm not going to say, but it is what it is. Hey, Lee, Kanye got <laughs> bitching about his contracts, okay? So, like, everyone, you know. <laughs> Everyone gets a, gets the opportunity to complain about those things, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I think it happens to the best of us. Right on. For sure. All right, cool. Well, so, I want to yeah. I I be respectful of your time here. I know we're kind of bumping up on, on, our, on our limits here. But so, like, that's a great – I love the story. I love how you kind of got, got through it all. Is there anything, like, I don't know, since then, like um, – I, 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 I don't want to pack in too many questions here, so I want to keep it simple. Like, I guess, you know, where are you now and what's next? Well, right now I'm working on my own music, uh-huh. and was that the plan all along? I'm trying to. You said what? Was that the plan all along to do, to eventually do your own? Yeah, that was the plan. My because you know I started making beats because I was making music and I didn't have original beats. I didn't know how to get original beats for myself. I just had beat CDs that I couldn't own, and I had to loop the beats. So I just started making my own beats, and. Me and my boys rapped on our own stuff, but now I started doing the same thing. So I'm just having fun with that. I've just been taking it easy, not rushing it. So do you have anything? So nothing coming out in any particular timeline yet? You're just sort of in the in the creation process? Uh, we could probably have something before the end of the year. All right. And it under, might pop something up for what, Christmas. What, 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 what would that be on? What should people look for? Is it under your name or some group or like what? how we... Uh, yeah, my name would be on it. Amazing's music. Amazing's okay. No, there's and I, there's a lot about that I would have loved to get into. Maybe we could do part two sometime and get into that whole. I would love to do a part two. You know, because I like doing stuff like this. Because not every interview for me is the same, and I feel like it's just it helps me. It's training for me. You know what I'm saying? I like doing interviews. It's like sparring. It's like what? Sparring. Sparring? Oh, jeez, I don't want. To. Yeah, we're in the gym. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I could I could spar with you all day sometime if if, if you like, but uh, not in the gym. Uh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, not in the gym. <laughs> but definitely, if it, this would be dope. I like doing stuff like this. It keeps your mind sharp. It makes me think a lot. Yeah, this is this is more the old. This this is more look back, right? And I'm I'm looking at maybe sometime doing a, a sort of another season of the of the show here, where we, we go back to everybody and we and we do more of a focus on looking forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Um, but uh, anyway, I think I think it was great. Anything just before we close? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to? Anyone you want to shout out? Anyone you want to? You know, any any last any last words before we uh, before we come to a close today? 
Um, I want to shout out all the artists I'm working with. It's a whole list of them. I don't want to run through the list. I just want them to all know I appreciate them. And we're going to keep making fire. And, yeah, just look out for a surprise whenever it may be. You know, I got some special things happening. I've been happy in my life and I've been creating great stuff. So, <laughs> Just, you know, stay tuned. All right. We will definitely stay tuned. Well, listen, man, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. You've just listened to another episode of The Big Break Podcast. The Big Break is brought to you by Royalty Exchange, an online marketplace matching artists with investors. If you'd like to see if there's an investor interested in your music catalog, simply connect your PRO account to our platform for an instant analysis. Once connected, you can start reviewing offers immediately, or if you like, you can test the marketplace by setting your own asking price. Artists have raised more than $81 million debt-free through the Royalty Exchange Marketplace without giving away any of their rights. We provide the financial security you need to achieve full artistic freedom. Visit www.royaltyexchange.com today. I've been your host, Anthony Bruno. Please check the show notes to learn how to follow me or this week's guest. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this show, please drop us a line at press at royaltyexchange.com. Many thanks to our producer, John Jestel, our audio engineer, David Burns, and to the entire songwriter community for continuing to put your hearts and souls into the music we all love. Thanks for listening. <laughs>